one of the reasons, perhaps the main reason that the holidays are so wonderful is really not the significance of the day, even though that is important, but all holidays, Mother's Day, Father's Day, eh, Father's Day barely is in the category, but um, the Easter, all, all of those days, the thing that really makes it significant, that really makes it matter, is family. It's a time for families to get together. I, I enjoyed standing back there this morning watching so many of you come in and you're with your families. They've come. We're going to the airport here in just a little while. Our daughter's flying in. The others will be arriving. Family's coming. That's, that's really what makes it so special. And the family's not there. You're missing something, aren't you? It's a little bit empty. It's a little bit hollow. Because family, family makes the difference. Now I say that to say this. God has always wanted to be near his people. The story in this book testifies to the fact that God is always reaching, always wanting to be closer to his family. After the Ten Commandments were given, God said, build me a house. I want to live among you. I want to be with you. We want to be with those we love. We want a, the closest relationship possible with them. God wanted to be with his people later on in the temple. And if you were listening carefully to the scripture that was read a while ago from Galatians 4, he's talking about this very thing. He says, I have had a relationship with Israel, with you people, but it's been like a like a slave, slave master. You hear him say that? As long as the heir is a child, he does not differ uh, at all from a slave, though he is owner of everything, but he is under guardians and managers until the date set by the father. So while we were children, we were in bondage under the law. That relationship was, was good, but it was so limited in so many ways. To live under the law was to live under frustration. There was no real completion of the relationship. There was always something out there. Our sins were always there. They couldn't be, they couldn't be fully dealt with. And so he says, I treated you like a child because you were children. And so our relationship is limited, but when the fullness of the time came, and you can look at that and wonder, goodness, how in the world, after the Greeks had conquered the world and now the Romans came and conquered it and there was so much unrest, how could that be the best time? But it was. So in the fullness of time, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law. God is saying, I want to draw closer. Emmanuel shall be his name. God with us. Wanting to be closer. And, and in that closeness, wants to establish a new relationship. You understand what I'm talking about. Barbara and I started dating in high school. We were friends. I liked her a lot. 
but I wanted more. So later on, we got engaged. Our relationship changed. But I wanted more. So later on, we got married, the closest that it could be. God is wanting more. He's wanting to be the very closest with you that he can possibly be. And so Jesus came among us saying, I'm here now. I'm here. I'm here for you. And he established a new kind of relationship with us that we just celebrated in that Lord's Supper a few minutes ago. You need to realize, if you don't, and, and if you do, good, let me just say it again. You need to realize the kind of relationship that you have with our God. I'm going to get you to look at two verses with me, both in the book of Ephesians. In the, in the book of Ephesians, Paul uses a phrase. You'll find it all the way through here. It's not used anyplace else. Ooh, hello. That microphone's crawling on me a little bit. He uses the term in the heavenlies. You, you remember that from the book of Ephesians? Look at verse, uh, chapter 1, verse 20. He's talking about when God raised Jesus from the dead, which he brought about in Christ, the working of the strength of his might, which he brought about in Christ, when he raised him from the dead. Talking about the power that was used to raise him from the dead. But notice, and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places. When he uses that phrase, in the heavenly places, he's talking about the spiritual realm and the spiritual reality. And that's one of those things that you and I are challenged in the scriptures to learn, to understand, to have your mind on the things of the Spirit, to walk in the Spirit. That microphone is moving on me. You may be having trouble hearing me at times. But he's talking about the spiritual. And that's one of the things that we need to understand. You see, there are things that we see, that we comprehend, that we live in that other people don't see at all. And I'm going to unashamedly put in a plug for a Bible class I'm gonna be teaching after the first of the year on walking in the Spirit, seeing things of the Spirit, hearing things of the Spirit. Yes, that's commercial. Because I, I, really I really think it's that important. And the Lord has been kind of putting that on me to learn to think in those terms. And that's what he's talking about here. Good grief. I may have to take that out and just hold on to it. But what he's saying is that when God raised Jesus from the dead, he put him at his right hand in the heavenly places. Now, he's using something that's spiritual or that's physical to explain something spiritual. He's talking about the relationship. I'm having to wrestle with this and it's distracting me. All right, maybe that's better. Anyway, 
he's not really at his right side, his right hand. Uh, he's a spiritual being. I don't even know if he has a right hand. But what he's saying is that's where he is. I'm just going to talk, all right? You, you, listen, you listen hard. I'm tired of messing with that. What he's saying is that he raised him from the dead and put him in a position. He's talking about his status. He stands at the right hand of God. There was an image. It's a physical image representing something spiritual of God on his throne in the heavens. That's, that's a physical depiction of something spiritual, of God reigning over all. And where did he put Jesus? He raised him from the dead and stood him right here at his right hand. That's where he is. Now I want you to notice one other verse. One chapter over. Verse 6 of chapter 2. He was talking about how we were dead in our sins, but he made us alive together in Christ and raised us up with him and seated us uh, with him in the heavenly places in Christ. You see the picture? The first one is where is Jesus? Standing, his relationship is what he's describing. He stands at the right hand of God. And where are you? Standing at the right hand of Jesus. That's where you are. That's your status. It's giving us something physical to describe the spiritual relationship. You have this kind of relationship with your God. You stand beside him. You're his child. And that's why he said he wanted a different kind of relationship. He wanted to do away with the law. Because that couldn't bring you close enough. And make you an heir. Make you a son in Christ Jesus. So he could be that close to us. The whole book is about God saying, I want to be close to you. I want to be in your life. The significance of celebrating the birth of Jesus is that God came seeking us, wanting more, establishing a way for us to be ever closer to him. Joy to the world. Let the angels in heaven celebrate that God came, seeking us out, wanting to be ever closer. He wants to be that close to you. You may have noticed, let me just put in a word here, where's all the staff? Why are the elders doing this today? You know, we didn't know, the elders talked and decided, we don't know anybody else hardly in the world that is expected to work on Christmas Day and New Year's Day, except a bunch of preachers. So we gave them the day off. Said, go, go do whatever you want to. Some are here. Most of them are just gone, and that's fine. We thought we would take over. The only thing we couldn't do was lead to singing, so Tim's helping us out with that. Thank you, Tim. Well, I could have led it. 
could. He made us brothers and sisters. He made us a family. He wants us to be close as we are close to him. Relationships in the Lord are everything. That's why the invitation is always, come on, come closer. Come be with me, God is saying. Come let me be with you and in you. And that's why we need each other so much. He was reading, John was reading a while ago those several of those who who have lost loved ones recently, who've gone through hard times, who are struggling, maybe physically, maybe emotionally, maybe spiritually. That's why we need each other. We are here for each other. And you need to be here with us so we can give you a hug, so we can shake your hand, so we can laugh with you or cry with you. God offers us all of that, and it is sweet. If we can do anything for you today, the elders will be around the edges, the staff, if if there is some staff here. The main thing is we're here for you. Can we pray with you? Can we comfort you in some way? Can we help? Can we encourage? Can we teach? Can we bless? We're here for each other. Let's stand and sing.